we were all drinking and driving. Like I was drinking and driving and the fight broke out. So I remember reaching back just to try to calm it all down. And my, my hand was going like this on the steering wheel. I didn't really realize it was. And then the car just started flipping. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the show. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. Friends, don't forget to follow along on Instagram at the Toddcast underscore DAC. On the show, we capture stories of how people encountered Jesus and how it changed their lives. My guest today is from Winnipeg, Manitoba. He's the first Canadian rapper to be nominated for a Grammy, and he has a long list of albums including City of Worship, Collide, which is City of Worship 2, Ill Street Blues, Heartbreaks, Red Letters, which was nominated for a Juno Award, and his new release, Wind and the Waves. Please welcome Fresh IE. Yes, yes, yes. Good to be here. Welcome, man. Thanks for coming in. Really appreciate you stopping by. I know yeah. you've got a busy schedule. You played uh, you played a show last night. Yeah, we were in, we were in Peterborough last night, and uh, we're in Mississauga tonight. It's awesome. And this is the last show where you're wrapping up your tour. Yeah, we're wrapping up, heading home for a little bit. I'll be busy all November, and then taking the holiday break. Yeah. Get ready for the new year. That's good, man. Yeah. Well-deserved long tour since August, I understand. Yeah. I mean, it's been a busy last six months, you know, just getting back into the rhythm of ministry and music. And, you know, I took some time off for a while, so I'm just getting back to this the last six months. So uh, it's been uh, it's been awesome to get back into the rhythm of it, you know. So, yeah. So you born and raised in Winnipeg? I was born in Winnipeg, raised there for a little bit. Then I was brought to Halifax and I lived there for like six years of my childhood and then went to the West Coast and I was raised there for a little bit of my uh, going into my teen years kind of and then went back to Winnipeg. And So like West Coast, like uh, BC? Yeah, Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. So I've been all over the place, you know what I mean? Experienced uh, the dynamics of the inner city across Canada. So yeah. Yeah. I pretty much lived in the projects when I, when I lived in Winnipeg, lived in the projects in Halifax and then lived in the projects in Vancouver, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So what was, uh, in, in all those, how old were you when you were back by the time you were back to Winnipeg? That's a good question. I, I would probably say around maybe 15, 16, something like that. So what was, uh, what was it like for you as a kid? Like your, were your parents, like, were you moving around cause of parents work? Yeah. Or? Well, I mean, for the most part, like I live with my mom, a very, like I didn't live with my mom a lot growing up and I never, and I didn't know my dad. So, uh, but, uh, I live with my grandmother and my aunties, they raised me pretty much. And so, I mean, life was, life was tough growing up with no parents, you know, even though you, you know, my, my grandmother is an amazing woman and there's some, you know, amazing things in my life. So, but, uh, you still have that emptiness or void of why wasn't my mom there? Why wasn't my dad there? Like, what's wrong with me? You know what I'm saying? So, um, there's always that rebellion inside of you of, you know what, like, you know, they always, they always used to ask me, why do you look so mad all the time? You know? And, uh, so I was an angry kid. I was an angry young person. You know, I did a lot of bad things as a young person. So what, what, um, was, was your grandmother of, or the, your, and your aunts that raised you, were they of faith? Like, did you have any kind of church background as a kid? Not really. No, no. We didn't really go to church too much. My grandmother believed in God and believed in the Lord, but we weren't really brought up going to Sunday school. We went to Sunday school a little bit, but not that much. You know, it was, uh, we grew up pretty tough, you know, in, in uh, 
you know, just growing up, learning, seeing, you know, seeing uh, people around us hustling. And, and so that's what we adapted to was this is how life is. You know, if you want money, you got to go out there and get it. You know, you got, you're going to have to take it from people. You're going to have to, you know, to you got to fight for what you want out there, you know. And that was the way we grew up. So that was that was the aim. So from like I always share with young young men that I mentor and stuff, it's like, you know what, like when the way I grew up was like, you know, like I didn't have no uncle who owned a construction company or, you know what I'm saying, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, aunties and stuff who were in ministry and stuff. Like my, I looked up to like drug dealers and pimps and, and I didn't know it, that they were wrong or bad people because they, you know, like it was nothing but love when they're around me. You know what I'm saying? Like my uncles would show up into the projects and buy Dickie D like ice cream for the whole community and show up playing, you know, bumping their loud music in their cars. And they're like heroes to me. You know what I'm saying? But as I got, as I grew up and became a man and started to, you know, uh, you know, to understand how life works for real in the real world. Um, then I realized I, I was living wrong. You know what I'm saying? So, Yeah. So you were growing up, like by the time you got back to Winnipeg, you're 15, you're growing up in that life, just trying to make it. Oh yeah. Game. Like I was, uh, I was full blown in, in it, in it all, you know, doing, doing everything you could think of out there, you know, like caught up in, in, in drug, the drug game and, you know, pimping and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, um, yeah, it was, it was, um, it, it, yeah, it, it it definitely caught up to me for sure. Yeah. So you talked about you j- just now. You just said uh, when you became a man, you started knowing that something was a little wrong. Yeah. So, so what, what what happened? happened what happened was uh, um, I, when I came back to Winnipeg. Well, see, what brought me back to Winnipeg was uh, so what I what what caused me to step out of everything that I was into was uh, I fell in love with this girl, right? And. Uh, so she gave me an ultimatum. It's like, you can either have all these girls and all this lifestyle or you can have me. And so I was like, yeah. so I made a decision. I was like, I chose to go with her. So we left Vancouver. We moved to Etobicoke and the Toronto area. Well, first we went to Niagara Falls. We went to Etobicoke. But then we were there and uh, uh, we were at this this wedding social and this the shots rang out and the guy next to me just dropped and he was dead, you know? And so it just did something to me. I was just like, man, like I couldn't talk for two days and I just, just cause that was a wedding party, right? That was the groom of of the wedding. Oh, wow. It was a jealous boyfriend that was jealous cause they're getting married and he came in and he shot the guy and it was just, it was crazy, man. So, um, so I remember just, you know, saying to my girl at the time, I was like, you know, I gotta get out of here. I gotta, I just gotta get out of here. I gotta as, and what it really was for me saying is that I just want to get away from my, this lifestyle I'm in. You know what I'm saying? And so my mom, my mom at the time was living in Kenora, Ontario, which is like, it's like a little, little town just outside of Winnipeg. It's like the border of Manitoba, Ontario. And uh, so I, I, I called my mom. I was like, mom, I got to come out there for a little bit. You know, I just, I got to get away from all this stuff, man. Cause I felt like death was closing in on me. Like, it was just yeah. So I went to Kenora, me and my me and my girl at the time, and that was just like it was terrible. Like Kenora was like the t- the kind of town where either you're gonna drink all day or you know like there was it was just like that's all you could do is really everyone just drank there. You know it was like drinking all the time, and so I just you know that it was too slow. It's like you come from Toronto or Winnipeg, you go there, everything just slows right down. You know, 
So when you are hustling, it's it's kind of harder to you know to hide in the cut and like and, and you know and hustle when everything's so slow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. So uh, look that up for our out of country guests yeah. or out of country listeners. Look up where Cologne or uh, Kenora, Kenora Ontario, Ontario is, and you'll totally understand what he's saying. Here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a beautiful place, but just you know when you when you when you get you know get to get used to living there it's it's a it's a different kind of uh yeah it's definitely different but anyways um no so, offense to the people no of Kenora. I, I could live there no yeah, problem oh, but yeah, yeah you lake, gotta be lake of the woods yeah it's beautiful you gotta um, be grounded otherwise you definitely do yeah and so anyways uh i end up going there and um i ended up just getting an alcohol like way too much you know what i'm saying and, and then uh I got in this, this is crazy, but I got in this car accident and, um, I was driving. My cousin was in the back seat with two girls and then there was a girl in the front seat. And, um, I just remember there was a fight broke out. We were all drinking and driving. Like I was drinking and driving and the fight broke out. So I remember reaching back just to try to calm it all down. And my, my hand was going like this on the steering wheel. I didn't really realize it was. And then the car just started flipping. And then all of us were flipping, you know, just, and all I remember is waking up, pulling everybody out the car, laying him in the ditch. And then I woke up and I'm in the ambulance. And then I remember seeing the girl that was in the back seat right there in front of me in the ambulance. And I just remember yelling, I'm like, Crystal, don't die. And, you know, and, um, so anyways, we get to the hospital and, you know, she, the seatbelt cut her in, cut her in, in internally in half. Wow. Cause it was just, you know, my cousin had some facial damage and then, uh, I don't, not much, but the other girls, they were, they were in better shape than us. Yeah. And my, uh, and apparently my head hit the windshield, but here's the crazy thing about it. Um, so the, the ambulance driver, when I was sitting on the bed, he's just coming to you. He was just like, he was just staring at me, like looking at me, like, you couldn't believe that I was alive. And I was just like, why are you looking at me like that? He's like, I just can't believe that you're even like functional and like barely have a scratch on you. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, when we showed up, he's like, you guys were all in the ditch and the engine of the car was in the seat where you were driving. Wow. It came right through the dash. He said, the engine should have crushed you and you should have been squished by the engine. He's like, I don't know how you got lifted the engine off of you and pulled everybody out and laid in the ditch. And I was just like, I don't even remember. You know, I remember opening my eyes and seeing everybody laying there. But and then that's when I started to realize that that it was God. Like when I look back, I realized that was God. It was his angels protecting us. And that God, you know, this is when he was starting to show me my purpose. Like, I mean, like he was showing me throughout my life. But I, I realized then it was like. Okay, like I'm running from death and I need to, you know what I'm saying? I like go to the light. So um, everybody, at, you know, long story short, everybody survived that. It was even Crystal, everybody survived. And, you know, there was forgiveness there and stuff. And uh, I went back to Winnipeg again, back home. And I went right to the right into the hood. And um, I was still like basically depressed, just drinking my life away. And uh, looking at a lot of jail time just for a whole bunch of different things. And uh, including that negligence with driving and all the other stuff right and um i remember coming back from the liquor store one day and i was i was uh walking with my beer 
And um, there was a blind man in the middle of the road and the cars weren't stopping for him and going around. So I was like, come off the street, man, you're going to get hit by a car. You're going to die out here. And so that blind man, he heard my voice and he stopped and he turned around and the cars were honking at him and stuff. And so, uh, you know, I went out and I, you know, directed him off the street and I just said, hey, man, if you go the way you heard my voice, you'll be safe. You'll you'll be okay." So he went off to the projects and I just went home to my little apartment and I was depressed, man. I was just like feeling like, man, I don't want to end up like this man, you know, like no one to guide him, no one to uh, direct him in life and just didn't, you know what I'm saying? So I was sitting there basically feeling sorry for all the women I hurt and all the things I was doing in my life at that time. And uh, I was sitting there for about 30, 30 minutes, just basically looking hindsight of my whole life. And then I noticed four people with flashlights outside of my place. And so I looked down and I was like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing outside my place, man? You know? And they said they were neighborhood watch that they're watching a man on my step. And so uh, I, I went downstairs and I opened the door and there was that blind man again sleeping on my step. And I was just like, why? I slammed the door and I ran upstairs. And that's when I called on God and I said, God, is that you? Like, like how does this man who I helped blocks down the road, like, and he's blind and now he's on my step sleeping again. And so I, that's when I started to seek and knock and ask. And uh, I started to seek after God, like, God, is that you? How do I hear from you? I don't know how to hear your voice. I don't understand how to. I said, I know I need you. And if you're real, I need you right now. Like, what are you trying to give me a sign? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I began to, because my conversation with God began there. And I spent about a week just, I couldn't even drink that beer. I was just pacing my apartment, talking to God, like, you know, you know, like, you're supposed to be helping. People said you're going to help me, da 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 and no answer. I was like, what if I'm just talking to myself that like God isn't even real? I'm like, I'm just going crazy, you know what I'm saying? Like, So uh, I remember one afternoon I was sitting there and I was on my futon. And uh, I was just like feeling defeated. And all of a sudden God spoke and I heard him. And the first time I heard him it was so loud. It was like he said to me, that blind man is you walking blind in this life. And if you don't turn away from this life, you're going to die in these streets. Wow. And then that's when I fell on my futon and I was just like, God, I surrender my life to you. I, I surrender these hands. I surrender like everything I do. I don't know how to stop doing what I'm doing. I don't know how to stop fighting and drinking and smoking and hurting these females and all these things that, that I was in in my life, in my young life. But I believe that I surrendered my life to you. And I know you can help me. And I surrendered everything to him. And from that, about two weeks from that time, like my desires totally changed like wow. i had, even if i wanted to i just didn't have the desire to do it no more it's like god just pulled the rug on me and it was like so it's like a cold turkey kind of thing where i was like man like i didn't even know how to talk properly i was just like praise the lord and you know god bless you i was like <laughs> what i feel so weird like this is weird but i just didn't have a choice and i didn't it, you know it was just like i just i would just do it naturally you know and so yeah God just slowly began from the inside out changing my life and uh um I just started to uh you know go help the local kids in the in the hood going to this kids church and you know, seeing this how these kids can have joy even though they go home to certain circumstances they can come to this place and still have joy in the middle of their hardships I'm like man if I, if these kids can have joy so can I too you know what I'm saying and so uh so yeah, I began to help these little kids in the in the hood, and then I started to. Uh, so these kids had this like this kids church, 
I mean, what they would do is uh, they would like have give out bread to the community, and we do little like kids songs, Jesus loves me, and all those kinds of stuff, and all that kind of stuff, you know. And I wasn't used to that kind of stuff, so I was like, but I felt like it was like bringing me hope to seeing that, right? So one day I was like, yo, we should just we should teach the kids some rap stuff. You know what I'm saying? So we, we put the choir robes on the kids. We taught them how to sing these like certain hooks, you know, that we that we wrote. And then me and my buddy would just rap on the on the verses and that would be our worship songs for the kids' church. You know what I'm saying? And we were just doing it as a joke, right? Not a joke, but just for fun. Well, all of a sudden people started inviting us out to all these different other churches. Like, can you bring the kids there? I'm like, Yeah. So we were like then we it went from like here. And it just spiraled Like people just kept Inviting us everywhere mm. And then Three years from that I got nominated For a Grammy Award <laughs> And I was just like What? Wow. It's like God just like My story just Went everywhere And people started Inviting me all over the place And then and Yeah it was Just a miracle man And I remember sitting at the At the Grammys You know There was like I'm sitting here The Dalai Lama Sat next to us For some reason there's a Vander Holyfield and T.I. passes by and then there goes Jay-Z and then there goes Beyonce and oh there's Kanye wow and then I was like said to my wife I was like what are you doing here like what is God what are you doing you know and uh, you know for, so for the first the first Grammy nomination I got it was overwhelming to me it was like we just processing and it was it was amazing it was incredible like it changed my life right but it was it was just like wow like this is like three years ago like I was just in this little hood in this little church with kids with choir choir robes on singing these little cheesy rap songs you know and then I never had no intention to to be a Christian rapper and you know what I'm saying that wasn't my intention at all it was like I just wanted just to get free from all the chains that were on me you know yeah and 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 God had other plans he's like no and he gave me the clear vision of what I was to, what I was supposed to do and we achieved it right so um so yeah and and uh then God re- I realized that the reason why God put me there is because he knew my heart that I was I was I was like my approach to it was humility it wasn't like I'm going to be this is who I'm going to be. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be this great, you know, it was like, no, it was like, I wanted to help the kids in my community. I wanted to help people who came from where I came from. And, um, he knew my heart. So the Bible says, you know, though, you know, if you humble yourself, God will exalt you in time, you know, but if you exalt yourself, God will humble you, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, and so we, and then we got nominated the second time. And that was when it was like doors blew wide open. Opportunities came, um, Toby Mac's uh, label flew out to Winnipeg, wanted to sign me. Wow. And, um, and I knew that my vision and my purpose was to be here in my nation to help youth, especially indigenous youth up north. And, you know, I've been to almost every reserve in Canada, been to almost every prison, um, just, you know, really focused on, um, you know, because they, you have people going to Africa and going to these different places to do mission work when, there's work to be done in our backyard, you know? Yeah. And so I just, just dedicated my whole career and my whole life to doing that, going to places and not being a headliner in a big festival and, uh, not, you know, people not, it's like, I've been going 25 years straight and I've seen people come and go, but, uh, 
yeah, I've been going for 25 years straight, you know, just going in these communities, going to the Arctic Circle and going to all these places that nobody will go and bringing the gospel and seeing people get saved, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so. Now, did you did you do music before yeah, that? Yeah. So I, you were doing stuff before. Yeah, yeah I was in hip-hop before uh, I got saved, too. You know, like I was in, heavily involved in Vancouver and Winnipeg, so. And, like, what did that look like? Like, just playing gigs and Yeah, and playing gigs. So, do you know who Swollen members are? Yes, I do. Okay, so Mocha Only, Prevail, and me had a group before they were Swollen members. So, out in Vancouver and Victoria Island, so... Uh, and then the rascals were like me. So us and the rascals used to battle each other in the clubs all the time. You know what I'm saying? So because I had a lot of, I was making all the money back then. I was the guy who would like fund all the parties and you know what I'm saying? Like just, and then eventually I just got, I just stayed in the streets. Those guys blew up. And then the, the main, the one of the main rappers from the rascals went hooked up at prevail. And that was a uh, uh, mad child. So mad child was originally with the rascals. And then, when Prevail and, and, and Matchild linked up, then they became Swollen members. And then I just, I just went off into the streets and got caught up and hit, hit the lowest of lows. And that's when I met the blind man and my life changed too. And did you did you uh, go back outside? Did you ever see that blind man or did he just like Never seen him again. Wow. Never seen him again. No. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's amazing how God moved and you surrendered without sort of a... I mean, you said you went to Sunday school a little bit, but you didn't grow up with this big church background and drift no. away. So just to have that kind that's of what, that, And that's the thing that, you know, when, when I share my story, it's like, you know, like I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I don't, I don't have religion. I don't my into religion. Like I've been to churches where they used to try to put a, a, a dress code on me alone because of the way I dress. I mean, this is who I am. Like you're not going to tell me how to dress. If you don't like it, you could kick me out of your church, but I ain't going to change the way I dress because... It offends you when I'm in church, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, but no, like, like the Lord came to me in the hood, like on a Saturday night in the in the in the worst community in Winnipeg. So I didn't get saved in a in a tent revival or someone laying hands on me. You know, what I'm saying it was like it was just me and the Lord, you know. And and uh, when it's crazy because I remember probably about a year after that. Uh, my mom called me and my mom was caught up in the streets for a long time too. And uh, my mom called me one day and she, and I haven't talked to her for a long time. And, uh, she was like, Robert, you sound so amazing. Like you sound different. I'm like, mom, I wish I could explain, you know how you can't explain the joy of the Lord to somebody like, man, it was so amazing. I wish I could explain to you. It was just incredible. I just can't explain the way I feel inside. So I was saying to my mom, like, I got so much joy in my life, man. Like I just, I said, I gave my life to God and my life has just never been the same. And then she was like, man, I can't, that's, she was like, I want that for me too. I said, mom, we can pray right now. You can give your life to God right now. And you know, you can, the Lord will come in your heart and he will transform you from the inside out. And you know, and it's really about you just having the personal relationship with every day. I mean, it's good to go to church and it's good to be around the believers, but you still have to have that personal connection with him. That's the important part. And so she was like, well, pray for me. And so I prayed for my mom and led her to the Lord on the phone. You know what I mean? And then she gave her heart to Jesus right there. And I was so overwhelmed by that, that I fell on the floor and I started speaking in tongues. Come on. Yeah. And it was like, here I am in the middle of the floor, like bawling, <laughs> speaking in tongues. And my roommate walks in with his girlfriend and then coming home from shopping. They're like, 
Are you okay, man? And I was like, <laughs> I can't talk. Like my, my, I was just speaking in tongues, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I got I got filled with the Spirit of God alone in in on, after leading my mom to Jesus, wow. and I got saved alone in in my living room. So, uh, yeah, God is God is incredible, man. You know, it's incredible. I got saved driving a Chevy Silverado by myself. Right. <laughs> right. So he he does it right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool, man. Cause I was, I was going to ask you about your mom. So, so yeah. is that relationship restored? How, how's your mom? Yeah. Like me, like me and my mom are like brother and sister more than anything. Like, but, uh, lately her and my sister been calling me every, cause you know, she'll call me, you know, like we'll do, we'll do FaceTime or whatever. And they'll be like, we need to see each other soon. You know, like they're in Vancouver right now. So, so they were like, you know, it's, it's funny cause this last Saturday before, I mean, last couple of weeks before we came on the road, my sister, my mom calls me and my sister's like, Hey, cause she knows I love football. So she was like, would you ever go to a Seattle Seahawks game? I'm like you crazy. That's my team right there. She's like, okay, I'm going to buy some tickets. You, if I get tickets, will you come? I was like, yeah. So she, she books the tickets right on, on while we're on the phone. She books, you know, four tickets for the Seahawks game, blah, 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 this January. And she's like, now nah, you're going to see us now. So she used what I loved for me to come back yeah. and go visit them. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm coming. So we're finally going to reunite now. It's been like 12 years since we've seen each other. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, we're, we love each other and we don't have any, like, um, it's, you know, it's just been a dysfunctional family, you know, from, from jump street. Right. So it's hard to, even though, you know, you want to, and you love and you mean, well, you call, we talk to each other and, but it's just that dysfunction. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to, 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 you know, it's just hard to reconnect and stuff, you know? Yeah. So, but God restores, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And my mom, you know, my mom's been going to church and she gave, well, obviously she gave her heart to the Lord. So my sister too, she's saved as well. So. Amen. Yeah. So, um, fresh, you're in a, an, an ordained minister. Yeah. When did that happen? 2006. Yeah. I got ordained with the fellowship of Christian assemblies. Awesome. And, and uh, yeah, as an evangelist. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, like in terms of if there was any title, like I don't really like titles too much, but um, if there was a title, it would be, it'd be an evangelist more than a pastor for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love to see people come to Jesus and meet the real Jesus, you know, not the fluffy, the, the, the hippie picking lilies in the field kind of, you know, I want people to encounter the real Jesus, you know? Yeah. So. Um, and you... Uh Ran something called the Joshua House, which was a drop-in center. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, so what what the Wikipedia sort of captures like these little moments. So, yeah. Joshua House was a youth group that I was pastoring for a while, for seven years actually. Um, so I was youth pastoring there, but uh, but what what I really do is called Edify. It's it's an it's an acronym for Education Development Inspiration for Youth. And uh, it, what it is, it's a, it's a discipleship uh, slash mentorship program that I've been going and running in Winnipeg for, for a while now. And uh, what we do is we use uh, music as the common ground to connect with young people. And most of the young people are like youth that are coming out, you know, we're out the streets, gang members. and But then there are some kids who grew up in church and they're coming as well. So it's like these different dynamics that come in and the common ground is music. But by the time they leave, the common ground is Jesus, you know? So, so they'll learn songwriting, uh, making music, uh, beats, mixing, mastering, 
um, making music videos, uh, um, everything, like the whole process of how to make a song and, you know, how to market it and budget it and all those kind of things. And so we'll have like different classes on different things. We'll have songwriters come in and, you know, do like a songwriting workshop or we'll have a guitar teacher or guitar player come in and, you know, talk about their journey with their guitar and stuff like that. We'll just really study music and how music impacts culture and influences culture and how we dress and how we, like every time culture has shifted, it was because of music, right? So, yeah. so we we'll, we'll, sometimes we'll take the kids and we'll go on a field trip to the Forks Marketplace and watch buskers sitting there playing their music and see how their music affects the general public as they walk around and just see how music changes people, right? You can't go to a movie without music. You can't go to a hockey game or football without music. And, you know, so music is like a huge part of our life, you know? Yeah. So these kids are learning about culture and stuff, but at the same time, um, God is the center of it all. So by the time it's done, it's like seeing God do miracles with kids just through learning how to make music. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's been going on for a while now. And, uh, I've seen probably a few hundred youth now go through that program, but it's also attached to me mentoring young men like, uh, like Jake, like my man, Jake here, that's here. And, and so many other guys that I've mentored throughout the year who are now in ministry and like are married and doing great things uh, in the kingdom as well. So, uh, it's a double, it's like a two edged sword in terms of, you know, bringing guys on the road and, teaching them about ministry and teaching them about, you know, how to, to operate in the spirit and those kind of things. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just about edifying and building up people and, you know, mentoring is just mentoring each other's lives, you know, walking with each other like Jesus and the disciples did. So, yeah. And, uh, speaking about music, your newest release glory. Yeah. And, uh, I was looking into your library before the interview and stuff. And this song really touched me because, uh, at times I'm just so overcome with his presence. Yeah. The only thing I can really say is glory. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, tell us a little bit about this song. Yeah, this is, this is a song about, you know, even being as a mature Christian, we shouldn't be scared to ask those questions about God. Like, you know, was it the nails in the hand? Like, was it the nails in your feet? Was it the, you know, the crown of thorns in your head? You know, like, did all those things, you know, bring me to this place? You know, and, um, just ask those questions, not because you have doubt, but because you're growing it. Because as we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. I feel like when we when we come to a place where we, we can't ask questions, like we think we have it all figured out, it's a dangerous place to be, you know? It's like even Mother Teresa questions her faith before she died. It's like, you know, it's like we need to have that communication with God to remember how, you know, because we come to that place. Like, yeah, glory. Like, I feel like we, we can become like robots. Like we go to church and we hear a certain song and then we put our hands up automatically. It's like we're worshiping the song. It's like, mm. you know, it's like, no, it's like it has to be that we can be like right here. And all of a sudden the Lord can just come in here and we can just be like. Mm, you feel that it's, it's Lord's here today Glory to God like, You know like Because you have that Connection and Relationship with God So you know when he's In the room You know when he's Present And you know his voice like My sheep know my voice You know what I'm saying Yeah So yeah That's that's the song Is about that It's like 
you know, Hosanna in the highest. We praise you. Our banner is up high. We're unashamed. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going out there and proclaiming this and not just on a platform, but in our lives when we're going to work, when we're driving down the road, it's like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like people should know that, that we are believers, you know, yeah. shouldn't just be hidden in culture just because we want to be, you know, or we want to, we want to, you know, they should know. It's like something different about that guy, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and, 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 uh, it was interesting what you said too, about sometimes a song can be so it all, it's a worship song, but it almost becomes mainstream. Right. And we end yeah. up just getting into the song and forgetting who it was totally. actually written to. Yeah. I noticed that like when, cause when I got saved, like, you know, the first three years of being saved, I would watch people when worship was on and I just noticed like, you know, that they would have like a cup of coffee in their head and which is nothing wrong with that. But, um, but they would lift their hands up for certain songs, but then certain songs they would just, oh, I don't really like that song too much, you know, and they'll just stand there and and another one come on and then it just, you know, and then it'd be, and then it'd be like, well, that's kind of, I mean, I, I, I guess it's their own personal, experience. I can't say they weren't worshiping the Lord, but I just noticed when certain songs would come on, a lot of people put their hands up right away. It wasn't even like they just started I mean, like you could actually do a sacrifice or a sacrificial praise and throw yourself into it, you know. But it's just like every every Sunday it was the same song. Everyone would just throw their hands up to, you know. I was like, are these are they worshiping the song or what are they, you know? I, it could get like that sometimes. We got to be careful, even in our our subcultures as Christians, that we're not having idol worship within our own culture, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, hey, going back when you were, when you were at the Grammys, did you go twice? Yeah. So when you were, when you were there, did you make any connections with, uh, any, you know, these big mega stars? And, and if yeah. so, did you get to share? I did. I did. Uh, actually it was funny because I was, I was uh, sitting at this little function during the, that weekend and, uh, there's all these setup tables all over the place. So I was standing there and, and, uh, me and my wife were standing there and, uh, um, this guy in a suit come over to me and I didn't recognize him at all. So I was like, we were just chatting. I was telling him my story while I was there, you know, just talking about how God brought us there. And he was like, I know, I know your story. I was like, how do you know my story? And he's like, well, I'm Neil Porton as I'm the president of the Grammys. Mm-hmm. He's like, we, we really, we were really moved by your story and how it affected your whole city. And then, you know, and it was, we were really moved by that, like, you know, and what God has did with you, what God did to you. And, you know, so you had a, a lot of us here on the board know, know your story, your, what happened with the blind man. I was like, wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so, so that, that was incredible. I mean, I met a lot of, I met a lot of people there too, of course. Yeah. Like, you know, like Snoop Dogg and all those other people, like everybody, you know, 50 Cent was there. Um, but I was more, I, I don't get starstruck, but like, but I said, I said to my wife, I said, if you see T.D. Jakes or Michael Jackson, just tap me on the shoulder and warn me ahead of time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, I, I've, I've always been a huge fan, not a, just a fan, but like uh, of the anointing in T.D. Jakes life. And like, you know I mean? I just really related to the way he ministers, you know? And so, uh, so I was like, man, I really, I really want to meet T.D. Jakes. I was like, I didn't really care about meeting 50 Cent or, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, they're cool people, whatever. But but I'm more starstruck with, like, meeting T.D. Jakes or Michael Jackson. That would be it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So here's what happened. We're sitting at this dinner one day. 
Um, all my executives were around the table, and uh, we were sitting there eating. And all of a sudden, my wife puts her fork down, hits me in the leg. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Bro. Like this whole thing came over me. I was like, "Oh, please don't fan out. Don't geek out, man. Just, <laughs> just chill. <laughs> just keep your composure. You know what I mean?" She says, "In one minute, look over your shoulder." I was like, "Oh my god, man! I'm about to meet Michael Jackson." <laughs> Not, this is not good Okay One minute goes by I didn't take a look I was like Oh my goodness And there was Joe Jackson Wow Sitting at the table Right next to us He's like right over my shoulder So I'm thinking What if he, Michael's like Gonna sit down with him Like you know what I'm saying Like Cause this is before he died Right So uh, I was like oh my, I gotta go talk to him She's like no No I'm like no I'm going to talk to him Cause Who knows I might not ever see him again Right Yeah So I walked over to him. I was like, Mr. Jackson, I just want to say it's a pleasure to meet you, man. And he just, just looked at me. I was like, whoa. It's like, no wonder why Michael was so messed up. <laughs> I didn't say it out loud, but I said it in my head, you know? So, but yeah, he had a diamond encrusted uh, New York Yankee hat on, and he had two blonde girls on each side of him. Hmm. I was just like, wow, there's Joe Jackson, man. Like, you know? So, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was That was a cool moment, too, yeah. But yeah, most of like most most of the experience we had there was like it was, was eye opening seeing the the uh, it was darkness, man. There's a lot of stuff going on. Like, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Yeah, but we did. We just we we worshipped the Lord. I went down the red carpet with my Bible in my hand and pointed to all the cameras. You know, everybody had all their bling on and stuff, and I just had my Bible. It was like this is why I'm here. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, man. You know. Um couple weeks ago or a week ago or so I was watching some videos with uh, with my kids and just showing them because I came to faith later in life so my yeah. my musical tastes have changed or how God has sort of in uh you know changed that and anyways we were watching some videos of Lincoln Park my kids are familiar with them so they could see yeah. what they look like and Chester Bennington right and you yeah you hear those lyrics man and you hear the brokenness in it right and then we were checking out some some rap videos, right? And then we started looking at your stuff, and it's like, man, it's it's like the it's the same genre and the same like music, yeah. But man, you could feel a shift in the room mm. with with the lyrics and what you're sharing from your heart, and it's yeah. just so powerful. Um, we had uh, I had a guest, Yvonne Murphy. She's from California. She used to be in music back in the day, and she actually left music and went into film because of the darkness she talked about in music. Yeah, that was so prevalent. So it's really, really awesome and important. I'm so glad that God, you know, you know, transformed your life yeah. and to bring what you bring into into that music is really, really awesome. You know, honestly, I don't, I don't think I would, I don't think I would be where I'm at. If it, like in terms of music wise, I don't think I would have succeeded doing it in the way that my life was going. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I was heading for destruction or or prison. Like, I was literally going like on my way to go to prison. Like, so you know that's why I tell people I'm like, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't even fresh air wouldn't even be, exist. You know, so it's like there's no way I can use my gift for for the darkness ever. You know what I'm saying? Like. 
Um, and I and I do and I do that unashamed. If I go around, I, I got like gangsters in Winnipeg who are you know do their thing there and to rap, and they'll come to me like you're you're a legend. I want to do a song with you. I'm like, hey man, well you got to meet more. I'm at if you want to do something. You gotta come into the light, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like what a fellowship is have darkness with the light. You know what I'm saying? When the light comes on, the darkness goes away, bro. You know what I mean? They're like, Yeah, bro, for real. He's like he's like, I love the Lord too. He's like it's like, Well come on in, come on come on over to the other side, brother. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's 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 uh it's really cool to see uh it's really cool to see uh how God would use that in um you know, in the on the streets on the street level stuff, you know. In terms of like you know having you know like the, the some of the streets having respect for you and what you're doing for your city on behalf of God, you know, yeah. A lot of people, even though they they appear hard on the outside, like you know, they're crying out for help on the inside. You know, they 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 want to know God. Even Tupac, you know, like he he talked to God all the time in his songs, you know, and you know, like, help me, Father, please. I'm falling at the liquor store, you know. It's like you know, all he was always crying out for for the Lord and his music and. uh so, but, um, but yeah, yeah, God, God uses it, uses the music to, to reach out and reach into these kids. I'm, I'm, I'm working with a young man right now too in Winnipeg. He's, well, he's, he's about almost 30 now and, uh, he just got out of jail for murder and, uh, yeah, we're, uh, just making, like, I, I, I have, I got a brand new Bible and God told me to give it to him and he was just like just in tears and he carries it everywhere he goes now. And uh he brings it to his little girl every day and um, you know, we talk every day almost and, and uh even on this tour he'll video chat while we're driving on the highway and how's it going? Because I wanted to bring him but just couldn't make it happen this time. But yeah, his life is transforming, man. I like just you could just see it like he's transforming. He's experiencing the Holy Spirit moving in his life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's beautiful to see that, man, you know, to have that second chance to be redeemed and, you know, not be judged by your mistakes of your past. It's like God wants, God is a forgiving God and merciful God, you know? Well, hey, man, I, I really want to honor your time because I know you've got to jet yeah. out for a sound check yeah. for your next gig. Um, people can find your music. Yeah, freshmusic.ca is my website. And um, you can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, all the social media platforms that you get music at. And uh, YouTube, yeah, if you, you don't use any of those, YouTube, you can watch it on there too as well. So Yeah, lots of stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you're on Facebook. What's your Instagram handle? My Instagram is fresh underscore KMF. Yeah, and my Twitter is freshmusic204. Awesome. I'll put all those in the liner notes. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Good to be here, man. Have a great show tonight. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. And I have one more question for you. Yeah. Um, you you had just talked about some, some rappers in Winnipeg that wanted to do a collaboration with you. And you're like, man, you got to be where or you got to come into the light and stuff. If, if one of those guys actually came to you privately and said, listen, man, I'm like, I really want to understand what you're saying. What do you say to them to help them see that? Um, I would just say like, you know, like it's like, it's like, it's like I said, the more that I talk to you, I'd say the more I talk to you and the more we talk to each other, the more we know each other. So the more we know each other, the more that 
if I'm talking to you, and you know something's wrong. You'll hear it in my voice because you know me because we talk all the time. So the more we talk, the more we know each other. I said it's the same thing with God, the creator. He's like, the more you talk with God, the more you know him. You know what I'm saying? You have a relationship. That's all that is. It's not about just going to church and not wearing your pants sagging down anymore and not drinking and not smoking. God's not hung up on all those things. Those are physical attributes of something going on on the inside. I said, but the more you talk with God, the more you communicate with God, um, the more you know him. And then when you know him, you have a, you, then you have a relationship. And that will mean more than anything. That will help you out of whatever is on the inside that's causing you to, you know, keep going into these little pitfalls that are bringing you down. So, you know, talk to God. You know what I mean? And and me and you, we, we will talk. And, and that will create a relationship and will help each other rise up out of our pitfalls. But God is ultimate. Like he'll he'll bring you freedom. You know what I mean? He'll bring you to a place and bring you freedom that you've never experienced in your life. And uh, you know you'll 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 be better off than where you than you were where you were before. So that's it. It's like he's the creator of the heavens and the earth, and he wants a relationship with you. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. It was great to meet you. Appreciate yes, it. Thank you for having me. Freedom, my friends. It's for freedom that Christ set us free. Fresh found the Lord in an apartment by himself. He spoke to him. He wants to speak to you. If you look around in your life, there's signs everywhere. Are you noticing them? He's calling you.